Welcome everyone to the C-Suite Marketing Perspectives Podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. And today we've got a really interesting guest and subject matter. We have all, as individuals who have led marketing departments, we've come in and we've had to take over maybe a broken marketing department. We've had to fix a marketing department. We've had to work with individuals and sometimes with individuals that just weren't going to fit in long-term to the marketing department. And Tanya Stricker here is the VP of Marketing for CloudGen. And Tanya, you've, uh, you've done this a lot, right? You've, you've led marketing teams in a number of different SaaS B2B companies. And so you've, you probably didn't ever think, I'm going to become an expert in fixing marketing departments, but we'd love to have you share your expertise here. But maybe just start out and give us a little bit more of a background on, on you and what you're doing right now at CloudGen. Yeah, so thanks for the introduction. Um, I'm working at CloudGen as their VP of marketing. Um, I've been there for about a year and a half. Uh, we're a SaaS-based company, really focused on enterprise B2B um, software solutions in the field service and asset management um, market. Um, and I've been, you know, I basically came in and have started developing their marketing programs from the the ground up. We had really gone to market with a lot of partners and hadn't done a lot of marketing in-house or, you know, trying to get to external customers directly. So I really came in and, and started to do that and focus on building a marketing strategy and a plan for CloudGen to really go direct to market. Well, that's fantastic because, you know, our planning expertise is not only in how we're marketing the company, but how we're fostering in, in the marketing department. And just maybe start us off here and let us know, what, like, how do you know when there's a marketing department that's broken? Because we're all individuals, right? Yeah. And we're all trying to come together. So it's kind of like a big, happy family that always has a little bit of dysfunction. But when you talk about a broken marketing department that needs to be fixed, what are some of the things that are indicators that there is something to fix here? What do you see? Yeah. So, you know, typically um, I've seen that people are really, they, they might be burned out. Um, they might be working really hard. They might not be hitting their goals. And so they feel like they need to work harder in order to do more to try to reach those goals. But maybe that's not necessarily what we want or need them to do. Um, sometimes we have people that are in just bad fits for their, their roles, like the company's grown and they came in to do one particular job, like maybe plan events. And all of a sudden now they're, you know, they're planning events and they're trying to manage creating a website or they're trying to do landing pages for email campaigns or something that it was totally outside of the realm of what their really job capabilities and skill set lay. Um, or, you know, they're, they're just um, maybe the, the organization kind of needs to reorganize a little bit. Maybe people are, um, we're trying to figure out like what the, the gaps are in the team. And it's really difficult to try to, to figure that out. So we might not have um, like a content person. So someone else has been filling that role as the content person and you need to grow the team, but maybe there's not quite enough work for there to be a full-time content person. So they're there might be a lot of dysfunction around um, roles and responsibilities, as well as, you know, team members that are really working on things that are um, not performing well for the company, or they're focusing their efforts on the wrong things, um, or they feel, you know, I think in marketing, we feel like there's this need to 
be everything everywhere all at once and to do all of these things um, because we, you know, we, we see like top performing marketing teams doing all of these things. And when we're a small team, sometimes you have to kind of step back and say, what are the areas that we should be focusing on? Maybe we don't spend the effort and the time on the things that aren't delivering value for the organization. But when you come in, people are trying to do all of this and they're not being successful at it. Yeah. And, you know, you, one of the things that, that changes quite often like you said it right with when you came into cloud gen what hadn't been happening a lot of partner marketing and not a lot of external customer focused marketing all of a sudden there that's a strategic change okay. it impacts the team the team that you want to have um you know nike they used to have i don't know if they still do this but i used to work with nike and they called it the corporate athlete and it was the person who actually could function highly no matter what you tried to have them do. And because we all have to adapt, right? Mm -hmm. And we all have to take on new things and learn how to do them. But there are some specific roles and expertise that sometimes you just really need to have. Mm -hmm. uh, but what are some of the signs then of, that's maybe why it gets broken, but what are some of the indicators? Like what's the impact of that? you know, as you're actually looking at performance in the company itself? Sure. So, you know, one of the key things I see um, is just, you know, the, the team not hitting its performance indicators. So they're just not hitting their targets or their goals. Um, people will have turf wars over who's doing what, right? So you might get people that are, um, have, that want to have ownership of something and they want to be responsible for something. And so they claim ownership or they have, um, they want to, to be seen as being kind of a subject matter expert in some things. And so they're not really willing to share their knowledge across the team. Um, you know, they hold things very close to their vest so that they can gain that kind of sense of power of, of having some kind of control when maybe things are out of control a little bit. Um, a lot of times I've come in and I've seen teams that are globally dispersed doing the same work across the team. So there's someone in yeah. In England, for example, doing the same work as someone that's based in California, and they're double dutying this effort when, you know, the teams could collaborate and save some time and effort and energy by, you know, creating a bigger picture strategy. So I see lots of like small teams in different parts of the world doing the same work. And so, you know, that could really save a lot of time and energy if you went and took a bigger picture strategy to consolidate the effort towards something that was good, you know, and and in a lot of cases in companies, there are some differences in how you go to market in different countries, or maybe they have different regulations or rules that you need to follow. But there's a lot of common core values in the marketing department that you can take out to market. The products, you know, generally very similar, similar enough that you can do 85% of the work in one region and then optimize it for each individual country if you need to. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, when one of the things that you said in there was that, you know, we all want to succeed. We all want to grow in our careers. And so, like, having ownership and, and kind of holding it close, right, and uh, not wanting to give up sometimes, you know, it's hard to have a perspective always. And that's what, as the head of the marketing department, I think you're going to be talking about here is how do you foster that teamwork? Right? Because when people understand that the growth and the performance of the team reflects on all the individuals, right, as well, 
but maybe this would be a good time to talk a little bit about some of the fixes, right? Some of the things that, that take care of this turf wars and people not in the right places at the right time or the, with the right expertise or just burned out. I mean, the list goes on here, right? So you've got a way of thinking and approaching this. Maybe take us down that path a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, to give you an example, um, I, you know, I came into one team and there were, um, it was a globally dispersed team. Several people on the team had been doing multiple jobs. So the people had been, um, had left the company and they hadn't been replaced. I had a person who was really doing this, the job of three different people all at once. Um, and then we had other people in parts of the organization and they had been um, hired in as a function, and then they had been moved to maybe a different role that wasn't, you know, a core competency for them or in their skill set. And so they were frustrated because they were trying to learn a new job and trying to stay relevant in the company and and to do what they could in order to help the team be successful. But they were running across like gaps in their skill set. So, you know, I think one of the key things when you're dealing with this is to really listen to the team. Um, you know, having I had individual conversations with each member of the team to talk about, you know, things that they felt were broken with the team and kind of gather that on an individual level and then level that up so that you can have um, conversations across the entire team together. Right. I think it's so important for us to be able to communicate well. Um, you know, it was really difficult and I credit members of my team for staying up till midnight some days so that we could have global team meetings and we could all get together and talk about what we were working on so we could eliminate some of the extra work that people were doing and alleviate some of the pain of the people that were doing multiple jobs or identify um, even people that might have a skill set that was unidentified in the team for marketing that was a gap that we had that we were trying to have someone cover or identify an agency that could come in and help us with you know a short-term fix for some skill gaps that we might have or some needs the team had as well. Um, so I think it's really important to have the people in the team be able to have a voice, to feel like they have some control over where things are going, that they're being heard, um, to have some compassion where, you know, people are obviously burnt out and you need to kind of let them take a step back and, you know, decide whether or not they want to continue on the path of being with the company, or maybe they wanted to make a career change, for example, like, you know, maybe they're not happy doing this role. And so they're just feeling like they're tired. And, you know, the best thing to do is to try to help them find the next step in their career path, whether that be with the company or, you know, with a, a different company. Um, so, you know, those are the very hard things to have to do because not you know, not all the time can you just fix things and make it be you know, like a Disney story at the end. Um, but by, you know, collaborating with the team and by getting them to talk to each other, um, I feel like that really does help to start to create the the ties that help you become, a you know, a team that's working together towards an end goal and a strategy. And, you know, one of the things that you started out there with, you didn't take a top down approach. Right. You went out and you started talking to the individuals and saying, what do you think is broken? What do you think the problems are? What do you think the fixes are? And then you bring everybody together, which isn't easy globally, but also nowadays with Zoom calls and things like that, we can, right? Um, but tell me a little bit about kind of developing and fostering that sense of teamwork. 
especially in an environment where everybody is in different time zones and everybody, you know, we're not getting together all the time in meetings and everything. How do you help foster the sense of unity in, in teamwork? So it used to be we would like go out to lunch together, right? We'd go take a coffee break together, right? We'd, you know, you'd actually have interaction where you talked about your families and different things and you had camaraderie that, that isn't always there as much today. So how do you focus on building that team kind of environment? Yeah. I mean, I, I will say, I don't think there's anything better than meeting in person. And I did get the team, you know, get my teams together regularly to meet in person, no matter where, you know, they were in the world. We tried to have at least one day um, or two days a year where we would get together as a team and build those personal relationships. It's just really hard to replace that in-person time with something that's, you know, a Zoom meeting, for example. But there are a lot of ways that you can do that. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that I tried to do was to put something personal when you have these Zoom meetings that were global with the team, put something personal about um, each individual, you know, spend some time talking about like, you know, something fun or interesting or, hey, like, let's share our, you know, our hobbies. What makes right. you, you know, what gives you the push to get to the weekend, right? When you get to the weekend, what are you you focusing on? Um, you know, simple things like, What's your let's share our favorite movie or your favorite song or your favorite recipe or something like that. I think those, you know, kind of small capabilities of us to be able to bring people together around, you know, a common subject or something that they like to do allows you to get to know people a little bit more personally and can help to foster those relationships that help to start to create the ties that make a good team. Um, you know, I also think it's really important for the team to be able to um, feel like they have some control of their destiny. So, you know, another exercise that I really like to do is in the strategic planning part of the, you know, marketing world is to get everyone together and to ideate on, you know, things that they might have thought about that they want to do. And we, you know, maybe we've been stretched too thin to think, you know, even have ideas be something that we're willing to consider. But to start to create the plan together as a team and say, you know, I know we need to do these five things and the team agrees that we need to do these five things, but then maybe there's like two or three things that we could do that would be interesting or fun or that we hadn't done before, um, you know, that then we get the team to vote on those two or three things, you know, of the ideas that are brought to the table. And that creates some sense of collaboration and we've all come together and voted on them. So, there's a little bit of a sense of ownership there that you decided that you wanted to do this as a team. And that helps us to collaborate as well. My wife tells me to do that with my kids more. <laughs> Don't tell them, ask them, right? So it, we're all, it's our, our human nature, right? We, and good ideas can come at any level, mm -hmm. right? So you know, if we're not asking that, we're not developing that sense of teamwork then we're missing out on opportunities because people will learn very quickly whether or not their uh, their voice makes a difference. And if they, they're they trained that their voice doesn't make a difference, they don't have a, a role in what's going to happen. They're just an executor. Then how does that, in your estimation, how does that affect their performance? Oh, totally. I mean, I think that, you know, my philosophy is nobody wants to go to work and do a bad job. But if you feel like you don't have anyone listening to anything that you say when you go to work, eventually you're going to get to the point where you're just like, well, why am I doing all of this stuff, right? I, No one's listening to my ideas or, 
maybe they're not listening to the fact that I feel like I'm like burned out and they're trying to figure out a way to help me offload some work or, you know, my manager can help by extending some deadlines in a different location, you know, or probably help me helping me prioritize and you don't feel like you're being listened to, then that just leads to, you know, a total disconnect by the employee. I mean, we hear all these stories about how many people are unengaged at work these days and the fastest way to get someone unengaged is just to not listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy, right? It's easy in this, this world of online meetings where you just take care of your agenda of the meeting and then it's easy to forget about all the other stuff, right? Because the meeting ended, right? You're not wrapping up and having a follow-on conversation for a couple of minutes as you're heading out to lunch or something like there's, it's interesting the, the time that happens, mm-hmm. right? That we don't have just by being close in proximity is, is really important. Now, I'm going to ask you the harder part here, okay? So the harder part is we've got somebody that's part of a broken team that's just not going to make it. Yeah. How do you handle that? Well, you know, first, I would try to to get them the support that they need before making any kind of decision about long-term, you know, where they go in the department. Um, There are so many great training programs out there. and it, you know, people have access to get information that they they need in order to grow their skill set. And if the individual is willing and able to kind of take some training, um, that's kind of the first step that I take is like, is there someone I can partner partner them with that knows this that they can learn from, or can they take some training to help kind of address the gap in the organization? Um, you know, like I said, sometimes people are just so burnt out they just they need a change of environment completely. There's, you know, there's only so much you can do to try to remove workload and and other things. And and sometimes you just need to help someone manage themselves out of the business. And, you know, whether that's helping them kind of do some deep digging into where they want to go next in their career and trying to figure out where their skills are and what, you know, what the fit in the job market to, you know, introducing them to your network of, of people that you know to help them, you know, look at what other opportunities there mar- might be out in the market. Um, I try to be as compassionate as I possibly can. Um, you know, sometimes you get someone that you just have to manage out of the business and that's really tough. Um, but, you know, try to try to do it in the most um, thoughtful way as possible. And a lot of what you were just talking about there applies to everybody in the team. If you feel like not only are they get, given a voice in what's happening here, but you are looking out for their career development. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how much of that is a, is a focus or an emphasis for you in terms of, you know, making sure that you understand what their career objectives are, right? And what they want to be doing. And, and then how important is that to keeping them happy and, and performing well on the job? Yeah, that's 100%. I think as any good manager will tell you that they should be having those conversations with their employees on a regular basis, or at least I think they should. Um, you need to know kind of where where people see themselves in the short term, you know, long term, where the, you know, you can help someone so much by just giving them good feedback on where you think their gaps are. You know, if they want to become a, you know, CMO, for example, and, you know, you, then you can talk to them about, you know, how do you get leadership skills and how do you learn how to develop strategies and other things and and really help to foster that level of energy. I mean, I feel like when I get to learn new things on the job, it's an energizing experience. And so if you have those conversations with your team members, 
then you can help figure out ways to help them learn and also help energize them and make it feel like it's a win-win. Like it's a win for the company because you're getting someone to increase their skill set. And it's a win for the individual because they get skills that they can then go take somewhere else if they'd like to. You know, it was really, I had a very interesting conversation a, a couple of weeks ago. It was on the podcast here and it was with the CMO. We were talking about, you know, AI and the impact on the marketing department. And that there was this real fear in a lot of marketing departments that their jobs were going to be taken away, right? That, that big parts of what they do, and especially in content, things like that. But instead, the CMO said, no, I actually want you to find ways to use AI. I don't want you to like try to hide it, you know, do it off on the side. Let's find ways that we're going to do it. That's going to make us more productive and better overall at what we do, what we produce. So she just took a subject matter in terms of everybody wanted to learn more about AI. Everybody knows that, you know, it's a big part of the future. It's one of the game changers that, you know, is going to impact marketing from, from here on out. So instead of, you know, she went the opposite direction and said, hey, and, and we're going to try stuff and it's not going to work. Or we're going to try things and it's, you know, it, it's not going to do what we want it to do. And they started learning. They started learning about how they could use and what kind of prompts they were doing. And then it became part of the discussion of the of the team on on what they were doing. But it was it's kind of like what you were talking about in terms of they know it's good for their career. So AI is just one of those things that should be, as an example, just embraced, right? So like, how do we work with this? How do we make the most out of this, right? We should have a point of view. We're in marketing, right? And it's, it's impacting us. So uh, tell me a little bit more about just the, the alignment. Happiness in a team is, is not just within like the marketing department. There's an ecosystem, right? That happens yep. all throughout the, the company. And so how do you, um, how do you think about marketing and the ways that they can be and should be interacting with other different departments? Yeah, I mean, as a marketing person, you have to interact with so many different departments. Um, you know, we interact regularly with the sales department to get feedback from them on what material they feel is working for them. Um, we're working with the engineering department to figure out what they're developing and the product and how we can talk to our customers about solutions and what problems that might fix for them. Um, you know, talking to even the finance people, when we're developing our budgets and trying to figure out what we can spend, I mean, there's all the departments that you talk to on the marketing side. And it's so important to foster those relationships with people within teams outside of yours so that, you know, we can be successful. And, um, you know, I think I can credit this to an HR director that I thought was fabulous, but um, she she had this great idea where we had these um, coffee meetings that were over Zoom because we were all working remotely, but we had um, like individual one-on-one -on -one coffee meetings with someone in a different department than ours about once about once every two or three weeks. And so it was a great way. And you were not allowed to talk about work. You were only allowed to talk about personal things and, you know, share stories about, you know, your family or your pets or your hobbies or, you know, what you were planning for your vacation, all those things. And it was just a great way to foster relationships with people. Um, and it makes it so much easier when you have to go to someone and say, hey, 
you know, I really need some engineering help to understand better what this particular feature does because I'm a marketing person. Can you help translate this engineering speak into something that I can use on the marketing side to have someone that you've already talked to that you've established that rapport with? Um, so, you know, it's impossible to do that when you're at Zoom um, all the time without making an effort to go do that, to, you know, to have that initial, you know, introduce yourself to someone and spend the first couple minutes of the meeting talking about your personal life rather than what you're, you know, the project that you're working on. I mean, I think a lot of us in marketing are kind of type A. And so we tend to just dig right into the I'm having a meeting because of this. And you have to st take a step back and really um, try to develop a relationship and, and getting to know people is just, a, you know, an important part of the team, the whole the whole company and the team's um, you know, ability to work together well. So, you know, I'm about ready to ask you a question on, hey, we've talked about a lot and what's the main takeaway that that, that we as an audience should be should be uh, taking away from this this podcast. I'm going to tell you my takeaway first. Hopefully it doesn't ruin your takeaway. But here's my takeaway is we've been talking for about a half an hour now about all the things that we need to think about, we need to plan, we need to strategize. We need to identify to have a healthy, prosperous, productive team. And it's not like we had a lack of things to talk about here, right? But we get so focused on our marketing objectives, right? And our alignment with this team and, you know, the deadlines that we have in front of us. And we're always just running and running and running. So it's easy. My takeaway is it's easy to plan for those kind of external outcomes and not plan for success internally, which is the engine that produces everything. So my takeaway is just that we need to spend a lot more time thinking about our teams and fostering our teams and talking with our teams and creating those interpersonal relationships and giving them their own voice. Uh, so now that I got to go first, I get to ask you, Right. What what's your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, I I think to me it's a, the art of listening and to really to to foster relationships and to do all those things and be successful. You really do have to listen, and it's taking a step back and making the time. Like you said in the beginning, you said we're we're not in person. We're not running into people on the way to the grab a cup of coffee or to get your lunch, and so you don't have those you know chance moments where you're interacting with someone in the hallway or you see someone as you're going into the office to have those physical personal relationships with someone so it's important for us to remember to do that on a regular basis that at the end of the day we're all just people wanting to do a good job and to treat people um, like they are a person like they have some you know they're they have a life outside of work and to really try to create that personal relationship with them that goes above and beyond the deliverables that we're all charged with and the deadlines that we all have to, to get to every day, but to treat people as people and, you know, to be compassionate in your job and to understand their, their listen to their needs or to the, the issues that they might have um, and get to know them as an individual. Yeah. You have to be intentional about that where kind of just a lot of it could happen around the water cooler kind of thing before. Now you have to really think about it yeah. and, and, and make it something that you plan to do. Well, 
Tanya, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of these insights. It's a subject that we that we all deal with on a regular basis, right? Fixing what's broken inside of the department, but we don't really talk about it a lot. We don't really share a lot of ideas. So um, if people had follow-up questions or thoughts for you, would the best way be maybe just to give them and provide here a link to your profile on LinkedIn? Yeah, most definitely. Okay. Well, Tanya, thank you for coming on again. This has been fascinating and uh, actually a lot of recommendations we can take into our personal lives from here too, by the way. So thank you. I appreciate it.